Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Flames Fancast. Uh, I know we said we'd be off air until June, but you know certain upcoming events have kind of forced our hand into giving you, our loyal and devoted listeners, <laughs> all 40 of you, <laughs> another episode. And I mean, that, that event obviously is the firing of Glenn Gullitson. Um, we want to try something new here as well. Yeah, we're also on video it seems so we're yeah. giving that a shot we're gonna see. give it a shovel let's just see what people say if they if they like it if they don't then they don't see us i don't want to see me this but is us i think this is us that's and, jank and i'm tyler yeah and so we felt that maybe let's just try something a little different if people react positively we can do this people are doing this now it's like a thing or they've been doing it for a while it's a thing so i don't know we're giving well it, a, it shot. a shot we thought we'd, we'd try it you know yeah. we always do try new things on the podcast why not? We have, we have guest speakers come on. We have new ideas. We want to talk about different things. We want to encompass the fan experience. So getting you involved in whatever way possible, uh, whatever medium you prefer, uh, why not? It's worth a shot. But we'll keep uploading the podcast. Absolutely. Primary, yeah. Podcast yeah. will be the podcast. It'll be there, but you'll also have this as a, a secondary option, of course. Um, April 17th, Gulletson fired. I mean... People were probably wondering, as Flames fans, was it going to happen? Was it not going to happen? But it, it happened pretty rapidly, even like in the first round of the playoffs. Um, initial reactions? I expected it. I thought it was going to happen. I was very convinced it was going to happen, actually, because just, he just couldn't cut it. And so, what made you think that, though? Well, he just couldn't cut it. He like, just had a gut feeling like yeah, this I was just, it? That was it. It's uh, Either that or they listened to us, um, <laughs> which is not happening but anyway I, I i'm not i wasn't surprised i was actually surprised at how quick it was i thought as an organization we're not very good at um handling this personnel situation i thought we kind of leave it last minute like we left yager that yeah. was that was bullshit what do you, what do you think really fault? precipitated his firing like what was what Avail- was it availability made- Availability, hey? Availability of another coach. I think, like, the second Bill they Peters. got... Bill Peters. Yeah, it's it's definitely, like, 95% Bill Peters. We'll get into that. But, yeah, like, I... He just couldn't cut it. I think he lost the dressing room. I think it was really... It was evident to fans. So, who knows what management was seeing? I mean, what do you, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm just surprised it happened so quick. and But it's a good thing. Now it gives a, a ton I think, of time. I think that... You know, if we look at what happened with this club over the past three, four years, we had Hartley. Jack Adams coached the season before. The next season doesn't quite live up to that standard that he set for himself, obviously, which is a very high standard, but he loses his job. Yeah. Treliving brings in his guy. His guy was Glenn Gullitson. 22 months on the job, gone. So now I think Treliving's got to make the right decision and... He's got to pick the coach that gets us into the playoffs and we see sustained growth every year because this team, you, you know, this team was built to win now. Is this his last chance, though, as a GM? I, I hope so, and I think so. Because I think, I, I don't think he's, he's earned any more chances than this. He had his chance with Gulletson. That was two years. That's a long time. And he's, he's bankrupted our franchise of a first and a second round pick this year. Maybe that's a harsh term saying bankrupted, but... You know, he put all his eggs in the basket of winning now, and we did not make the playoffs. And if you look at the way these first rounds have gone for the Pacific Division, two sweeps. L.A. and Anaheim on the decline, I'd say. Like, 
you know, there were articles out about Anaheim and L.A. saying these guys are over the hill. It's time to regrow, rebuild, blow the whole thing up. Whatever you want to say, at least they made it. We did not, and we weren't even close to making it. We absolutely collapsed and epically. And I look, at, you know, when, I, when you think about it in this light, I look at what Goldson said, and he's like, this team is on the cusp of something great. And maybe that, like, he knows inside. He's like, yeah, for living, you're going to fire me? Well, I'm going to say <laughs> these guys are going to be amazing. And you know what? The pressure's on you even yeah, more because I think that I know ownership says you've got to accomplish something really good. And then the old coach is saying, these guys, they're, they're almost there. They're on the cusp of greatness. Maybe there's a bit of that to it, right? Well played, Gully. Because you got to think, <laughs> I mean, when have you ever been fired from your job and you say something so magnanimous as that? Well, I've never been fired, but... Um, you're right, you're if right. I, if I were to... When if, in the history of... Yeah, like you, you, you dream about it. If you get into a situation where you get fired, that you go out with a... You know, right. a there's, flaming there's ball. amicable and, parting ways, but that yeah, was like huck a grenade and in you and that this, was end over the, show. the top. He, yeah, and I'm not saying I, I hope he's right. I really do, and I can see how he thinks he's right. But part of me, you know, that little bit of a conspiracy theorist side is just thinking, oh, yeah, Gully's having the last laugh <laughs> here, isn't he? <laughs> I think like there's also an aspect of his of his. Uh, lack of experience in the grand scheme of things where he does something like that. I, I don't think like seasoned coaches would leave like that and, and say those things or, or kind of leave with this, like kind but, of bitter. But, but taste. how would like, we know that, that he, I mean, it doesn't look bitter at all. No, it doesn't, but it looks like he's a class act and maybe it's sort a, of, it's a, it's a, it's a double it's, it's edged a, sword. It's a backhanded it thing. Like though. he's a really good guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's at a the same time, thing. he's really, you know, he's really making Treled. Treleving, sorry, not Treled. He's really making Treleving <laughs> sleep in the bed that he's made. Yeah, he could, but yeah, maybe we're reading too much into it. But I, I think like there's a bit of a shot there saying like, if you guys screw up after I'm gone, as you said, then I wasn't as bad as you think I was. In which case, yeah, okay, fair enough. If you're not as bad as we thought you were, then you know, jokes on us. But I think the chances of that are very low. I, I don't think you were that good. What I think you were good at is uh, your analytics. Your, you know, you you were able to read the game from more of a um, academic perspective rather than being a, a coach. So there were some articles uh, out there and some Twitter uh, social media things we Tyler and I saw. Tyler pointed it out. Um, forgot the name of the guy, um, but he posted something about how. Our possession game was progressive. Our, our shots, our shots were, uh, you know, we actually had very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Good numbers. Like, we good, had good we numbers. had good numbers, basically. Statistically speaking. Statistically speaking, I'm not a big, I'm not big on Corsi. I think it's just shit. But uh, there's probably some science to it. My biggest problem with Corsi is that I think hockey is too dynamic of a sport. Whereas if you apply statistics to things like baseball, you see a lot of scenarios that are repeated over and over again. But I don't see scenarios in hockey being repeated. It's just too active. So that aside, um, whatever the statistician put together, it did show that Gullitson was able to, you know, put together some sort of like system or style. Problem is, is that, you know, those who can't do, they teach. So, you know, or whatever, right? There's a saying for that. And maybe he's the guy, he's the assistant coach that goes up to the head coach who knows how to apply all these things that he's coming up with. And he says, okay, yeah, you know what? That's a good play. We should do that on the power player. 
we should work on our face-offs or whatever. I think that's where his career um, should be focused on first. Develop that side of the game. Be under good coaches. Be under experienced coaches for a few more years. Really see and observe and understand. I don't know why I'm pointing at you. You're like the last person I would look up to. But I I think that, uh, you know, he needs to be... <laughs> that was harsh, eh? I'm sorry, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was harsh. I, I take it back. Wow. Uh, but what I'm getting at is he needs to be under an experienced coach. Then he can see how the coach applies these things, right? So... I don't know. That's kind of how I see him. I, th- I see he's just an assistant coach right now. There was a lot of upside to him, but he had a number of shortcomings, which I think we just couldn't overcome. And I think he was a real pupil of the game. He really knew hockey. He's, he's a hockey thoroughbred, and he knew, he knew things, and he took the time to study the data and look at things, but he couldn't really grasp that relationship piece aside from being friendly and being understanding and being accommodating to the players. But maybe he didn't know when it was they needed a sterner hand or when it was they needed an absolute chastising. And and that's experience. That's not anything yeah. to do with your skill as a coach. Granted, we've seen him do stuff like that every now and then. But, you know, you even watch that rant again. He's kind of like... At the end of it, he's like, "Let's let's practice." He doesn't know where to go with that. I think I think you just gotta like huck your stick and just storm off. I like how he was just skating yeah. in circles. He like he kind of doesn't know really what he's doing during that whole thing. He's like getting upset and he's like, "I think I should throw my stick at this point." And he's yeah. like, "Now I should say we should skate hard." I think you, I think you just say like, you know, that's it. Practice is done. I'm out of here. Like screw you guys for the day. <laughs> Let them sit on it. And then if they talk to the media like that, I'd be like, you're media gagged for the rest of the season. Don't say anything. I mean, you look what Gio said about him when he left. He's like, I feel a responsibility for this guy losing his job. Well, as, as the entire Flames roster should, because by and large, I think the, 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 the largest part of responsibility lies on them. But, uh, I mean, he's the guy that you have to fire. You can't fire the team. No. As, as much as you want to say you want to blow up a whole team, it's just not but that coaches, easy. Yeah, but coaches always say, you know, you can't fire the players, but you can fire me. And so the coaches become the revolving door, when in reality, it Calgary's is the players. revolving door of coaches. It is the players ultimately putting together the performance on the ice. So, yeah, maybe his player selection was poor. Maybe his lines were shit. You know, maybe, maybe there were things where on the power play we were doing the same fucking thing over and over and over again. Uh, that's okay. For sure, we can criticize him for that. But, I mean, ultimately, Goudreau's got to score your goal. You know, he's your star. Or, you know, well, Monaghan's got to snipe that in the, in the slot. There's so many things that we could say about the players, too. But, of course, the coach will always get the short end of the stick. And, but in this case, I think we needed to just because I think he lost the room, too. Yeah, I don't think so much it was the top line. I think it was... The rest, but and are we even that good? Like I keep asking this <laughs> over and over again because That's I don't know if we're that Ponder good. that over May, June, and then answer yeah. that because I know I've said to you many, many times when these playoffs are on, if the Flames are playing any of these teams, yeah. we're getting wrecked. Yeah, absolutely wrecked, and they're just gonna steamroll us and destroy us. Yeah. So maybe that answers your question right there. Are we really that good? Yeah, we're not. Or should we, we be better than we are? Can we be better than we are? Yes. Absolutely. Should we be better? Yes. 
but um, we weren't. And I think a large part of that has to fall on the coaches and the players coaching too. But I mean, the coaching is the obvious. It's just sad because I don't like, I'd rather have an episode where we're talking about our last playoff game. Yeah. Than talking about like a coach that. You I'd know, rather still be making episodes. Yeah. For a while, but. Yeah. Uh, but now, okay, so I guess now who's next? Well, we got to talk about, before we go on, um, Paul Gerard, David Cameron also oh. left. Yeah. But uh, Jelena, why was he spared the, the guillotine? I, I don't know. I, uh, I've had this rant with a friend not that long ago, and I think the Flames have a, uh, they have a problem letting go of the past. We've all, had, we've all had the girlfriend that we loved the first time and couldn't let go for a long time. You know, we've had, like, the first car, the first... Like, everything, um, you know, nostalgic, people tend to cling on to. This is a normal mental thing that, you know, people go through. And it seems like guys like Craig Conroy, Martin Jelena, you know... I even heard some fans calling for Iggy to come coach this team. Yeah, and... Maybe Iggy is what, maybe that's kind of the you know the the, the I think spark if, I think that if we need. Learned I, anything I from say Edmonton or even Wayne Gretzky when he was a coach? Yeah, it just doesn't work. Like these it star players for nostalgia. Uh, tell me a coach in today's NHL or really any coach, for example, that 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 really had a profound impact on the game as a player and a coach. There aren't many. Um, I, I can't even think of any. Patrick Patrick Wall had maybe that. the only guy, well, but I mean, I mean he's not even coaching right now. No, he was. He, I mean, he had that season. He did well. He made but the you got to think about you know Patrick Wall also got hired at, in Colorado. Yeah, where he has a following. But where maybe he is he is a legend. Maybe that was that spark though. Maybe that's what Aginla can do, if we were to bring Aginla. Uh, if Aginla gets hired as a coach somewhere else first, and Just then succeeds, it. and then comes to Calgary, fine, yeah. no problem. But I don't want him coming here because Aginla was the heart and soul of the Flames for 10, 10 or so years. And that's what I'm going to get at is that I feel like as a franchise, we play this hand of we're a very classy organization. We take care of our own. We're going to make sure our own is taken care of. Yeah, well, okay, it's like, well, okay. If you're signing a $4.5 million contract a year, we've taken care of you. Yeah, so like, for example, I, we, we beat Brower. this to death. <laughs> Brower. Uh, not Brower. But Stajan, right? I'm sure he's a, he's a great guy. None of us have ever insulted him for, as a human being. But as a hockey player, I, he's not good enough to be on this team anymore. Not even on the fourth line. Most teams, if not all teams, but the Flames, I feel like would have cut him by now. They would have cut him halfway through the season or at least put him on waivers at some point. But because we're that organization, we don't let these guys go and we don't treat it like a business. So... I'm not going to say anything about Jelena or Craig Conroy or anything like that. Perhaps they're very good at their jobs that that's why they have their jobs. I don't know. I don't see it. You don't see it. Most of the fans don't see it. So we have to trust in the organization to make that decision and we have to just support that. However, if they are being kept because Jelena was, you know, the eliminator or whatever the term, whatever they call them, you know, like the, the, the well, overtime king. Well, I think king. they kept him because... Yeah. It was Gully and Jelly. Sure. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> no, it wasn't anything to do with that. And if it was, god damn it. So if and we're then keeping you got Connie. If we're 
You don't fucking run out, eh? <laughs> like, but here's no, here, but you know what I'm saying, right? So, like, sorry to those, interrupt, those, but, but those two, the, those two were big part of our cup run, which was long time ago. We got to forget about it now. Yeah, we do. That's we, done, we, guys. It's finished. Nobody should be talking about the cup run anymore. And, and like, fuck. If these guys are here because they had that nostalgic thing as part of this organization, then we're doing the wrong thing. We're we're not running this like a business again. So then let me ask you this on your topic. If we don't really know what Brian Burke does with the club, what does yeah. Craig Conroy do as assistant GM? Maybe they're molding him to be the GM. Maybe, or maybe ownership loves the guy, think his acumen is great no. to be a GM. No, but he could be. I hope not. Well, I mean, you don't know. I don't right? know. You don't know. But There's a lot of things I don't know about the Flames. But about Burke and Trelleving, I don't even know who the GM is. Like, by title, I know it's Trelleving. But honestly, like, it just feels like Burke is this dad and Trelleving's the kid. And anytime Trelleving does something, like, he thinks is, like, he's going to sort of second question himself, you know, the dad comes in and says, like, no, that's dumb. Don't do that. And it's almost like he's got to go up to Burke for... Uh, some sort of like affirmation that this was the right move or what do you think of this or what how about you make the decision you're the gm i think well, i, I think don't know how gonna, it works if you're gonna affirm anything it's off your assistant gm you're like let me run this exactly. by you yeah so what do you think is it conroy and treloving that are making these decisions as it should be or is burke meddling in when when you know in reality like he was supposed to be a half figurehead half like you know make sure that if we're stirring the wrong way you need to stop so that. So let's make an effort then on draft day. We'll watch and we'll see who does what from the Flames table. Yeah, because we can. the GMs, as everyone knows, the GMs walk around to each table as the draft goes on and go like, are you picking that guy? Are you picking that guy? I really hope it's not Burke doing that. I don't want to see Burke doing that at all. I want to see Trelving doing that. I want to see a clear, concise uh, separation of roles in this club because I think that's another problem. You can't have many cooks in the kitchen because that's an issue, right? Well, like, it sounds like uh, Treleving is going to be cooking in the kitchen on Monday. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be in there with Dinah. Don't you know? With Dinah? Yeah, there's that song. Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. No, we'll play it at the end of this one. <laughs> it's it's not a good song. Well, then we're not going to play it's it. It's really, it's not like an appropriate ending song. But um, <clears throat> he'll be busy tomorrow, most likely introducing Bill Peters as the new Flames head coach. Um, to be clear, I mean, that's a rumor, but it's it's, it's pretty, much, pretty much it's done. It's pretty much going to happen. Like I yeah. I don't think it's rumor anymore. I think it's pretty much thing. Let's start with an interesting tweet I read today, and I wish I could give this person credit. It's not I didn't figure out this or anything, but I read this. Um, I just forget where I saw it, and it basically said the amount of minutes that Bill Peters was giving to young defensemen or just young players in general, and it just said you know interesting how well he used youth. Maybe I'm thinking he has no other choice in Carolina is why he's doing that. Uh, and then it just showed, you know, pulled up the numbers that they were giving for the Carolina players. Then it pulled up Kulak's average ice time, 13 minutes. These guys were around 20. Um, yes, Noah Hannafin's going to be playing 20 minutes for you at least. But I, I just wonder if he had no other choice or if it's just, do you think Peters is a guy who um, is really going to stress youth for the Flames? It's really tough to um, 
Make because a prediction you know Bill Peters so well too, right? Yeah, he's, this is the problem. <laughs> Not many people do. And if people are telling me that they know and he's uh, – shut up. He, nobody – who watches Carolina here? Like, I mean – it, when it, we checked not out in Carolina Calgary. Reddit, it was, yeah. I'd say, generally positive, but so positive our, to mixed reviews. We did our research, and uh, it was leaning positive, but I think, I think it's all relative, right? So the Carolina fans know that their team has a lot of work to do. They got a lot of ways to go before they make the playoffs, much like us. And uh, I think they, they appreciated what he was able to do with what they had. So to your point, I think... It wasn't necessarily that he's, uh, you know, akin to playing younger players. I think it's more the fact that he didn't really have a choice. And he was hoping that a diamond in the rough would just come out. And that's fair. I mean, and in fairness to, to Gullitson, we had an entire line of AHL players at one point this season. So yeah. But was that by force? Eh, partially. But I think, um, you know, he did do his best to bring up the younger guys. I don't know if, it, if he even had any say in... Being able to bench Brower, or not dress Brower, or Stajan, or Barkowski for well, God's sake. Well, if your coach doesn't have that say, why is he your coach? No, I know. And I think there's a bigger problem at hand with the Flames. I hope I'm wrong, but I think it goes deeper than the coaching. But anyway, back to Peters. <laughs> dun, so. dun, dun. <laughs> if yeah. I was any good with graphics, I mean, I'd Bill Peters. everywhere right now. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? It looks like it's going to happen. We've made contact with the guy before he... Uh, opted out of his contract in Carolina. I don't think you're opting out of your contract in Carolina unless you have a place to go. Because if you don't want to opt out and management doesn't want you there, then they can fire you. But if you've got a safe place to land, um, then you're probably going to do it. And yeah, I mean, that's probably why he did it. And then there's all the rumors too. He's from Alberta. Three Hills, Alberta. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Wants to come home. Why you can work anywhere in, if you could work anywhere in the league, would you work in Calgary? I love Calgary, but would you? I would. With yeah. teams like Florida? No, man. Come on. Well, if you have money well, and you I'm can a live Calgary born. I'm Calgary born and raised, you know? I would. So a penthouse in New York is not at all like attractive to you. Not really. No. Fuck. I get a penthouse in Calgary. Go to New York a couple times a year. That'll Why would be, you go to New York when you be could enough. be there? I've visited New York many times. I like visiting the place. I don't. I wouldn't like living there. I would not. Okay, what's wrong with Florida? It's nice and hot. I like the beautiful cold. beaches. Okay, I can't win. It, with you. it was eight degrees out today. It was perfect. Florida is like twenty-five. There's there's storms. Okay, I if I alligators. if I were an NHL coach and I had a choice to coach anywhere, I would pick the best place that to live. I you know Florida. Calgary. <laughs> I love Calgary, but if I'm making like four or five million a year, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to really enjoy that money. Calgary? No. Because if I buy something nice in Calgary, like a nice car, it's going to bottom out on Crowchild because we can't fucking fix the roads properly, man. That's why the Alberta boys will tell you to get a truck. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't agree with you at all. <laughs> See, but, but these Peters, guys aren't doing the jobs to get nice cars, you know? <laughs> Bill Peters probably saying. doesn't care about what he drives. I'm just saying. I'm just trying That's to say. That's the kind of guy that I want coaching my team. Doesn't care what he drives to work. Doesn't care what he's dressed like. <laughs> but cares about an 82-game win-loss record. That's what I care about. If you're going to coach to a place where you can get it was the best not, It was penthouse, not an insult on his ability. I, it was, I was just saying as a hypothetical. Anyway. I think he just wants to come home. 
You yeah. know, can you see Daryl Sutter? I like, just hate. You think Daryl Sutter media liked says living that. in L.A.? Probably I, not. I'm just saying, he like, did not stay in L.A. When I know. He left L.A. I get that, but he I hate it when the media makes that a thing. It's not a thing. I expect any coach from wherever part of the country, the world they come from, to come in to do the right job. Absolutely. So I, would I don't be care more if he's from Three Hills or wherever. The location, you know. The only person, like Vulcan, is the only place that I would find a cool tidbit to put into a news article, just because it's a cool sounding city. In which case, it's just a town. But like, if someone's from Vulcan, Alberta, yeah, put that in there. That's got selling pedigree, exactly. But I don't care. Like anyway, it's not even really a point. I don't know what I'm saying. What do you think about Peters? You can't really. You can't really predict a coach, I think, because it's too relative. With the guys on the market right now. From what we've read, we did our research. Tiffet, I think Vino. I, yeah, I would have taken Vino, but uh, he probably would have been too expensive, and I would question his motivation if we paid him too much money. Uh, Tippett has taken Phoenix very far. Uh, conference final, I believe. Uh, so that's not a bad thing, especially with fucking Phoenix. And they weren't that no. great back then. No, 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 Dave Tippett, thanks. Okay, well, whatever. I mean, he's got, at least he made the playoffs. Yeah. Well, you need a coach that's been in the playoffs. What, what is he going to do when he gets in the playoffs? Coaches that make you, the playoffs, they're hard to come by, apparently. Well, apparently not. We have one. You don't want him. Gullitson hasn't made the playoffs. Yeah, he has. Oh, yeah, he has. Well, he we swapped. fired him. Yeah. We, we, that, that's not making the playoffs, though. I mean, uh, you wouldn't take Tippett? No, I would not take Tippett. Vino was my favorite. Uh, I mean, I wanted... There was one more. Trots. Yeah, Trots. But he's probably unlikely to get fired now because Washington's 3-2 up. Yeah. Unless they lose, I mean, who knows what happens, right? But Well, I'm hopeful on... Who was the other guy that was available? There was another big-ish name. I forget. Patrick Waugh. Looks like Peters is coming. Yeah. Um, I mean... I think I think he'll do well because maybe he'll see this team say like this is an I upgrade just, from Carolina at least. My big question is what was it that we saw in Peters that attracted us to him? Like why were we attracted to Bill Peters as our coach? Why was it that we wanted this guy? Why? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There aren't many people. There's a lot of people that are asking that on Reddit and Twitter actually too. I mean, it's not like, I don't know, it's not like a derogatory question. Like, why? No, no, no. It's like, I'm just wondering. No, it's like, why? What is it about Bill Peters that, and if you just told me, well, I think Bill Peters would ABC, okay. But uh, maybe we'll find out Monday why we want Bill well, Peters. the youth, I guess. We have a lot of young talents coming in. So maybe his management of the youth is something that impressed ownership or, the, or management or whatever. So there's maybe one. Okay. Two, he's been on a, a franchise. He's been coaching it was four years. Mm-hmm. So he's been coaching Carolina for four seasons. They didn't make the playoffs. However, uh, they did improve in the standings throughout those four years. So there's something there, I guess. And if you look at, you know, there were some coaches that were at Carolina. Someone like Paul Maurice won the cup. And he went on and he's successful. Well, he's doing he's really well. Winnipeg. He's doing really well at Winnipeg. Uh, Laviolette was yep. at Carolina too. Yeah, and look at him now; he's one of the better coaches out there. I think. I mean, Nashville's got a pretty yep. decent chance to win the cup this year. 
Uh, I feel like Jack I'm missing... Adams candidate for sure. Yeah. So I, I... well, Gerard's gonna win in, in Vegas. He has to win. Well, it's almost you can't even compete with the Vegas vibe anyway. So I I think even if he deserved it, it doesn't matter. Um, even if he deserved it, if he d- didn't deserve it, sorry. <laughs> even if he deserved it, he should still get even, it. Even if he didn't deserve it, uh, but yeah, like it's not like you know, Carolina has a couple examples of good coaches that have come through there. So maybe there's that. I don't know. I'm clinging on to scraps. So here, basically, but. what we're telling you is we don't know why Gillitson was really fired, and we don't know. No, why we know Peters why Gillitson was fired. We just don't know why Peter. So listening is to hired. us is beneficial for you on a weekly basis. No, this is the biggest waste of time ever for people. But they like listening to our shit. So, and we're very thankful. You know what I think? I think there's something about Peters that, what I think it is, is, is that it's that intangible thing. Because they looked at Gullitson and said, this guy was the analytical guy, the guy who'd pour over hours and pages and pages of data. But then Bill Peters, he's got that, he's got that factor about him. He's got something about him where he sees the game outside of the stats. And he sees the player for who they are. I hope that's the case. And maybe he sees that in the youth in Carolina or he sees it in the, in the veterans and is willing to make moves for whatever kind of players or he saw it in Scott Darling when they traded for him from Chicago to back up Cam Ward, whatever it was. But uh, well, we're- I hope it's something about Peters where he just – he has that ability to look past the numbers and bring out the best in people – and for us, I, I think it really needs to be players. Okay, we're we're actually really holding back on you guys. So we actually know why Bill Peters got hired. It's because he called out Eddie Lack to the public. Said, "Make a fucking save," and he said, "Brilliant." There's 60 goalies in the league. You can look up the stats. I know who's 60th. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm kidding, obviously, but it was it was so. I got two goalies me, on the team. One's really good. The other is not. <laughs> make a fucking save. That is not a direct quote from Bill Peters. No, but. make a fucking save is a direct quote, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. While gesturing towards Eddie Lack locker stall. Yeah. Of course, knowing me, the first thing I look up for a coach is rants, <laughs> blow-ups, swearing, how he calls out players. Tyler, of course, is looking up their tactical prowess, their statistics, so I'm I'm the the beast of this whole organization here. Is that I I like I like fiery, outspoken coaches. I wish we could get a guy like Tortorella. You hate me for that. That's okay. Tortorella I can live is with not that. gonna jive well with management. You know, I, Brian maybe that's the and guy Tortorella you need. won't get along. That's the guy you need. In my books, but that's okay, for another lifetime. <laughs> I think what's not need, gonna happen anymore. What you need is not a great amount of animosity. You need. A little bit of friction where things sometimes get warm, but they never get, uh, no, nothing's ever on fire. You need a bit of warmth all the time. Like, you know, oh, this guy is not always going to say yes to me, and I know this. And I'm going to respect and appreciate when he says no, but you don't need the fire. You, you need to know that you're a team first and foremost. You're all generally on the same page. And all, degreement, all disagreements are respectful and progressive, constructive. And they, they do need to happen, but you don't need to have an absolute, as, as Chris would say, a tire fire behind doors every other game. It doesn't work like that. Like, though. okay, yeah, well, Tortorella, sure. <laughs> Fucking clown. <laughs> Whatever, man, he's successful. <laughs> successful at broadcasting on TSN. Anyhow, on that sure. note, 
TSN and whoever. My else. my worry though, before we move on, is that I feel like I've read somewhere that he's got some sort of old connection with Trelleving or or Burke or I might be wrong. Don't quote me on it, but I feel Probably. like he's got some sort of relate. Like I they really hope do. we're not repeating the same shit again. Where you know Gullitson had that relationship and all these other players are. You know, they have this, like, old Calgary Flames relationship. Like, I hope we've learned our lesson from that, but we'll see, I guess, this year. Well, if I've learned anything, it's really good that the Flames are really good at learning their lessons. <laughs> That's not I, reassuring I know this for all. a fact. <laughs> Just like whenever we Jesus. play Anaheim in the playoffs. The first time, wait, no, it was like 2006, we lost in seven, and then 2000 and. I don't know, 13, we lost in five. And then 2015, we lost in four. So we're getting better. Seven <laughs> to five to four. Next time we play them in the playoffs, it, they'll, they'll somehow beat us in two games. There'll be two games played and the Flames will just capitulate. It'll be done. I can't play anymore. Blah, 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 blah. But I don't know what you want to move on to. There's nothing left on my paper here, Jenk. Well, I just, you know, let's talk about the playoffs. What do you, who do you think is, you know, who's impressed you the most? Because I want to know, uh, you know, where your thoughts Honestly, are with this. Honestly, Pittsburgh. Beca yeah, because that series is fucking crazy again. It's done now, but uh, what was it, 8 Because five? you know what impresses me about Pittsburgh? You always think, okay, they're a bit mediocre, and they bring absolutely everything in the playoffs. They stand the, they stand the test of time, too. They, they've, been, they've been consistently Cros Crosby good Crosby is such a good player. Such a good leader. Malkin. He just contributes. Malkin didn't even play today. Well, also, Philly has the worst goaltending or the worst goaltending decisions ever. Like, Neuverth, you're terrible. You're terrible. Elliot, you're also terrible, too. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, they traded for Mrazek and didn't even play the guy. Yeah. Why, why? I don't know, I don't he know what happened there. He might be hurt. My guess is but. that he's hurt. Like, I... That, that's a mystery to me. Like, Mrazek is... My, in my waste. eyes, he's way better than those two. But, but I mean, Philly, I too, is like... Philly reminds me a lot of Calgary. They have a lot of talent. They can be really great. But some games, they just absolutely stink. Yeah. They are terrible. But, um, you know, I was impressed by Columbus until the wheels came off that bus. Colorado put up a fight. Nashville and Winnipeg just steamrolled. So, I mean, this is kind of expected. But, I yeah. mean, obviously but, the most impressive, Vegas. Vegas, yeah. I still think they're going to win the cup. Four games. They're winning the cup. Swept LA. I'm putting and my money Quick down. had like a an immense save percentage. Yeah. Immense. Highest save percentage of any goalie like not uh, some stat out there. Quick was a was a crazy wall and they still but, like, uh, they just they couldn't keep up. And um you know, LA just consistently they they probably are 500 in their games against Anaheim and San Jose, but they'll beat up on Vancouver and Arizona and Edmonton. They'll beat up on Everybody those teams. Everybody beats up on Maybe Edmonton. they split the games with us, but we weren't particularly impressive against <laughs> LA this year. And I mean, if we look at our records against San Jose and Anaheim, well, they're they're dog shit. So there's why we're not making the playoffs. <laughs> Next year, let's play every game on the road. Uh, every game on the road to Eastern Eastern teams, and then uh, we'll be in. <laughs> but um, yeah, I still think Nashville's gonna win. Or did I call Tampa? Nashville or Tampa? I, I think, think one of them is going to win. I think you said Tampa last episode, but I But uh, I wish we could have John Cooper as our coach. I like him. Yeah, John Cooper's good. Laviolette's good. I see his interviews, and he's like, you know, there's all these people who say you want to be playing right up, but we'll take the rest. I don't yeah. want to fly anymore. Yeah. I don't want to fly to – who were they playing? 
uh, Jesus. New Jersey. New I don't want to fly to New Jersey. I believe I And then that. back twice, perhaps twice more. It just takes a toll on your body. He's right. Rest yeah. up in Tampa. We won game five at home. We're waiting for the next series. Um, winners coming to us, I think. Is that right? He might be too rational for me, but like you can tell that he's very confident, though. He's just a very confident, knows what's going to happen next, knows what he needs to do next. I mean, let, let's, say, let's say theoretically, well, you know for a fact, you've got Vegas, San Jose, you've got Nashville and Winnipeg, probably Boston and Tampa, and then either Washington, Columbus, and Pittsburgh. I mean, if you get Washington, Pittsburgh, wow. Those series next round, amazing. Tampa, yeah. Boston, Washington, Pittsburgh, Nashville, Winnipeg. Whew. Yeah. So I, I did watch the Flyers series quite a bit. And I got to say that the refereeing was just fucking shit that series. <laughs> I just feel like I got to say something about that because, like, it was so bad. And, uh, you know, players were. There was a call on, like, I forgot, on, like, you know Poveroff. What, you know what Not they need? Obviously, last game. You but. know what they need? They need to sign. Dennis Weidman, and that'll alleviate all their refing <laughs> yeah. problems. Like, yeah. they just get Dennis on the team, refs love him. Like, the, the refereeing is so unbelievably biased toward Penguins, the, the Penguins, that almost every game I've watched, whenever the Penguins are playing, it feels like the refs will give them, like, the odd two or three soft call, and it's just like, where, what were you fucking thinking with that call? Like, do these guys not watch the videos after and go like, yeah, I, I really fucked that up. But it felt like the same shit calls were getting called game after game after game in this series. And I just feel bad for Philadelphia. I, I thought that he would... I mean, they, they, did, they put up a good what? fight, but... They, they, they could not compete with the level No, you, you can't. They Pittsburgh. couldn't. They, but the fans knew that. The team knew that. But they still... You can't know that, though, as, no, a, as, a, as a team. But you can... Dude, there's... So there's only so far you can go sometimes. No, you team. have to go in thinking you can win I'm it. I'm not saying that. How they, do you think Vegas did it? I take it back. I didn't. I didn't mean to say that they think like that. I'm just saying like they knew what they were up against. Better. Sure, but I mean you still can't go in. I don't. What, My, what, what the, are they thinking then? The, we're up. We're in tough against Pittsburgh. Yeah, we have to try but harder we can and do win. This, guys. But the referees were fucking terrible that series. That's all. I'm I never at. blame refs. I do. <laughs> Because they were that bad. There's always something you can do better. Like, for example, your goalie could stop yeah, the puck. Yeah. Because the, the Flyers, they have a good Pittsburgh team coming scored up. scored eight goals. I think one was an empty net. They scored seven with the goalie in. Yeah. And, and Philly would go up. Or Philly would tie it up 2-2. Pittsburgh would score. Then Philly would score. Philly was, would go up. And then they'd lose that lead again. Just relentless. They could not shut them down. You know? Philly is a team who could use one of our defenders because they have a team of, they have Gostas Beer and they have Annie McDonald, but they could probably use a, someone like a TJ, TJ Brody or a Travis well, Hamannick in there. Provorov, man. He's, he's money. He's D? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, he's money. And Kuchachny's like, well, he's up front, but I mean, they got a great young core coming up. They have a terrible coach though. So, I mean, we're not the only ones that had a problem with that. Hackstall's terrible. Like, Hands down. I mean, I'm. That was the most like ill-prepared team. Some of those games were just so amateur. It was, I, it was tough to watch. So I flipped to the other games. <laughs> I mean, what? I'm a fan. Once I, the I flames are out, it, I mean, I just watch as a neutral, which is kind of. But you have like it's really hard if you're a passionate fan to watch as a neutral. But I feel like there's like 
like for when I watch Vegas, for example, I get I get into it yeah, because I, everybody I actually, wants them to win. I right? actually want to watch a game once where I don't care who wins. I just want to see a good game. Yeah. But I always find myself gravitating towards, oh, I hate Anaheim. Oh, <laughs> I hate L.A. Oh, God, I don't want Pittsburgh it's to so win nice anymore. It's so nice they got swept, man. Like, yeah. That's a great Oh, please, I want, to see, I want to see this team win. Like, oh, I want, I want Toronto to win because they're Canadian. Or, oh, I want Boston to win because they're playing. I just want to watch a game where I'm a neutral. I want to see, like, Florida against Dallas. I could cheer for that. I just want to see good hockey. That'll never happen, though. No, but, you're too into it. Yeah. And I always try and root for the underdog. Which is like being a Flames fan all your life, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, I think we're done. We're done. I'm gonna have my beer now. Thanks. <laughs> I've been staring at it the whole time. <laughs> it's probably warm. Yeah, I gotta put it in the fridge. Thanks for listening so much. We do appreciate it. Um, I can't foresee any big news coming from the Flames because they're gonna announce Peters. So we did Peters in this podcast. Um, we'll we'll be back to do a draft one in June. And then we'll be back in August again to preview the flame season for you to get things going before the puck drops again for us in October. And please give us your feedback on the video if we or if you guys enjoy video, that. any podcast, anything you want to say, um, anything you think of over the summer. You know, you've got great ideas. We'd love to hear from you. We want to get the fans involved. That's why we do this. It's called Flames Fancast. I remember we talk about in our first episodes how terrible it is to stand in line to use the washroom at the Saddle Dome. So if you have Saddle Dome stories or stories of a Flames fan, you know, it's always good to hear those. Um, as always, we love the fact that you listen. We really appreciate it. Um, you can find us on Twitter if you haven't, at Flames Fancast. Uh, you can email us, flamesfancast at gmail.com. You can tell us all those things that we just asked for you to say and many, many more. You can tell Jenk Whatever it is that you want to tell Jenk, you can just say wonderful things about me. That'd be fantastic. Don't tell me anything. So uh, enjoy the playoffs. Um, let us know your thoughts on anything Flames. Bill Peters, Gullitson, what the future has in store, what you like, what you don't like. But enjoy the hockey. Uh, enjoy your summer. We'll catch you in June when the, all this snow is gone and the weather is fantastic. Okay? Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.